What's good, everybody? I am the coach. This is the Early Edge, powered by Sportsline, and this is the final, final episode of eight, breaking down all of your future bets for each and every division in the first ever 17-game schedule in the NFL. This episode, we're all about the NFC West. So let's bring in four of the sharpest minds in all of America. Right next to me, you know you see him every single day with me right here on this show. He is the maestro, Larry Harstein. Hello, sir. Good morning, guys. It has been a ton of fun doing these previews. Uh, let's get to it. I love this division. And right next to Larry, a man that he found. We love having his picks on the show. And now we get to see the face and all the lettuce. Alex, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, coach. How are you? A little jealous of you here. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> all right. Right below Alex, senior writer, all kinds of fantasy, also does betting. We're thrilled to have him on four of these episodes. Dave Richard. Hello, Dave. Hey, what's up, Coach? Alex, I need to borrow some of that hair, too. You got enough for it to go around. Give some to Coach. Give some to me. Donate some to Charity. You know, save Rapunzel from her tower. You've got a lot going on. You know, time to share a little bit. Yeah, share, Alex. Share. And then the man who always is our baseline for emotional energy, RJ White, the number one handicapper at Sportsline. RJ, hello. How you doing? I'm excited to talk the uh, one of the best divisions in football, pro- along with one of the most underrated teams, I think, in the league and a potential MVP pick, which I'll get to in a bit. Wow. 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 That's quite the tease. But we're going to start, as we always do, with season win totals and bets that I absolutely hate. But I'm OK since it's a season bet. I hate others so much. But that's a me problem. We're still going to cash a ticket. Dave, I have not allowed you to start any of our shows yet. And that's very rude of me as the host. So I'm going to allow you on this very last episode. You can have the floor first. What do you have? I appreciate you saving the best for last, Coach. I'll take it. And I've got the Arizona Cardinals on the alternate win line uh, under seven wins. I, I think that this defense is still a little bit suspect. I know they added J.J. Watt, and they, they think that they're going to be a better unit for it. They did well in the draft with Zayvon Collins, or at least that might be the case, but they don't have Patrick Peterson in the secondary anymore, and I just don't know how good that defense is going to be. We also don't know if Chandler Jones is going to play for them, and that's their best pass rusher, and if he's not there, then this defensive unit that ranked 20th last year won't be much better without him. And the offense, you know, when, when Cliff Kingsbury came into the league, everybody thought, well, this is it. He's going to revolutionize what Arizona does. Kyler Murray is his quarterback. He knows the system. It's been kind of a mess. It hasn't been the, the type of results that we were hoping for. Last year, for example, they were 13th in total offense, 13th in points scored. I'm not sure they can be much better than that, even with A.J. Green and Rondell Moore joining DeAndre Hopkins in that passing game. I think they're going to lose a lot of heartbreakers this year under seven wins on the alternate line and you get plus 200 on it. So a little bit of juice never hurt anybody did it. Wow. And Dave is all out on the Cardinals. I'm all in on the 49ers. I am so excited about this team and it starts with a fourth, a fourth place schedule. It starts with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G 24 and eight as a starter averaging over 28 points and the injury luck on defense can't be as bad. Bosa Armstead, But there's one guy who's come aboard who changes this entire team. And it's not Trey Sermon. And it's probably not who you're thinking of. It's Alex Mack. When this center came to Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan, they went from 20 points a game to the best offense in football that got to the Super Bowl. When he was in Cleveland, they were in first place with Brian Hoyer 
when he went down and then that offense fell apart. Alex Mack is a difference maker and he's still good at age 36 plus Trent Williams on the O-line. So I just love the Niners over 10 and a half wins. I think, you know, Trey Lance mixing in is another element to go with Samuel Ayuk and George Kittle and all the running backs. Uh, Give me the Niners to get 11 wins. And it's also plus money. Three things. Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback by week seven period. Uh, I love it when the maestro uses nicknames, Jimmy G and Dave clips Kingsbury. Can't even say his name. Why did we think he was going to be so great when he wasn't even the best coach in the big 12, let alone coming in the NFL. It's just crazy to me, but good point. Yeah. They just haven't been very good. You're right about that. All right, let's switch gears now to team props. And there is a consensus, at least here on this show of what team we believe will be the class of this division day. Once again, you will start it for us. You know, the LA Rams got the offseason headlines. They got Matthew Stafford. They're a team that's got a couple of superstars on defense, but I don't know if they're the best team in the NFC West. I think Seattle is. And the fact that they are plus 280 to win the NFC West with an offense that you already know the stars on that offense. But did you know that the offensive coordinator there, Shane Waldron, formerly with the Rams, Shane Waldron, is now going to employ a more of a quick tempo type of an offense. It's going to actually be perfect for Russell Wilson. Look for a lot of targets, catches, and yards for both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and maybe even Gerald Everett in that offense. Russell Wilson's going to have himself a really nice season. And on defense, these are names you don't quite know. Daryl Taylor, Kerry Hyder, Carlos Dunlap. Okay, maybe if you're kind of serious about the NFL, you know who Carlos Dunlap is. Those are the pass rushers in Seattle. Underrated group, a chance for them to really get on the map. And they still have Jamal Adams, who's like the ultimate chess piece on defense. He can play safety. He can play corner. He can play linebacker. He even rushes the passer. This Seattle defense is going to be better than people think, and the offense will be better than it was last year. This should be the favorite to win the NFC West, and they're plus 280. Take advantage. Consistently one of the most underrated team leagues, Seattle. It's last year they won the division and we're right quick to write them off again, just like we were, you know, the year before when everybody loved San Francisco. Um, so I think Dave was actually reading some of my notes on a pick I got coming up, uh, talking about Shane Waldron and things like that. Um, but on, on this win the division thing, I mean, offense, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, pair of excellent receivers in uh, Metcalf and Lockett, solid run game, defense, two studs and Adams. So I think had like nine and a half sacks to, to Dave's point that he rushes the passer too. Um, he just does it all. And then Bobby Wagner, they're always one of the best uh, inside linebackers in the league still there, still leading that defense. So that defense really hit its stride in the second half last year. I think that can carry over. I trust them more than San Francisco, who's going to be transitioning quarterbacks at some point. I trust them at least as much as the Rams who have a similarly top heavy defense. You know, if you, if you just think Wagner and Adams are the two stars there, um, cause they lost some talent this offseason. They saw guys like Brockers and Hill and Johnson leave. Um, so they're going to have to uh, overcome some of that. And, uh, and like Dave, I like some of the underrated pieces that Seattle brought in. So if you're worried about the strength of the division. He has to make the playoffs at minus 120 is also a nice value. I like him at plus 280 to win the to the to, uh, to win the division instead of make the playoffs. Um, they won the division by two games last year, and the market never really gives them respect. So typically value heading into the season, that's no different this year. Uh, so give me the Seahawks too. As I sit here, the only question I have in my mind is actually for the maestro, and I hate to put you on the spot, but here on the show, you know, we talk about correlated plays all the time. So you love the 49ers over 10 and a half wins. The Seahawks over is only 10. So if you like that, then I would think you'd like a little bit of the 49ers to win the division at plus 200. Why would you not play that? You know, 
you could play that as well. I mean, this division is stacked. I mean, I think we all think the Rams, the Seahawks and the 49ers are 10 win teams. Um, and Arizona has a ton of talent. I know Dave is down on them, but, uh, that team has got a lot of talent. So I, I just chose what I thought was a safer option. In other words, they can go 11 and six and lose the division. And I still cash my bet. Very good. Apologize for putting you on the spot. Just had to ask the question. Uh, all right, let's switch gears now to player props. And that's where we bring in our rock star. And not just because he looks like a rock star. <laughs> this man has the best information, period. So, Alex, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to listen to your dulcet tones. What do you got to start us off in the player prop category? I've got two player props for you, both from the Rams coach. First one up is Daryl Henderson under 850 rushing yards. Henderson has never eclipsed 624 rushing yards in the season. He's only averaged a paltry 27 rushing yards per game since entering the NFL. It also appears that the Rams coach, Sean McVay, does not view Henderson as an every down back as the Rams recently acquired Sony Michelle from New England for multiple draft picks. I believe Michelle is the superior runner between the tackles. I think the two backs will ultimately form a committee with Michelle mixing in on early downs and Henderson handling the bulk of the receiving duties as well as third down work. He's also got a very slight frame, which concerns me. He's five foot eight, just a hair over 200 pounds. I just don't think he's built to really withstand the 200 carries it would take to uh, ultimately eclipse this number. So yeah, I'm fading Daryl Henderson under 850 rushing yards. My next prop is also Robert Woods over 1,025 and a half receiving yards. I think Woods is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. He's one of just 10 receivers with over 3,200 yards over the last three seasons. He's averaged an extremely impressive 70 yards per game since joining the Rams. And that was with Jared Goff under center. I think Woods will thrive with Matthew Stafford throwing passes to him, which should definitely be a substantial upgrade, a quarterback. The Rams wide receiver group is also pretty thin outside of Cooper cup. They brought him to Sean Jack. Jackson in the offseason to stretch the field. But Jackson's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. He's also getting up there in age. And he's unlikely to impact Woods' target share, even if he does end up playing a lot. I expect Woods once again to flirt with 130 targets, and Stafford possesses the arm talent and arm strength to find Woods down the field to pick up a lot of chunk plays. And I second that I'm going receptions though for Robert Woods over 92 and a half. He had 90 each of the past two years with Jared Goff. Now you get the upgrade with Stafford. There's no cam acres. There's no Gerald Everett. And I, what I love about this guy, he's missed one game the past three years, Dave, you know this better than anyone. He's outperformed his ADP three straight years. This is a guy that just gets overlooked and uh, love him to get 93 catches. I, I wanted to get on over on Woods too. So I looked at Larry's over rece- receptions prop, looked at Alex's over yardage prop, and I went with Alex's over yardage prop. Oh. He had over 1,100 yards in back to back years before the Rams offense took a step back last year. So getting over that 1,100 yards in back years before that step back, I think is better than that 90 catch number, um, which is right, right there, you know. But so I think he is going to get there. I just have a lot more confidence in getting over that yardage total. Yardage per target number, it was between 8.1 and 9.4 the previous four years, including his last. Last year in Buffalo dropped to 7.3 last year as they, you know, threw the ball a lot shorter because golf was, was not uh, you know up to snuff at quarterback. So I think the upgrade helps him. 
as does the Cam Akers injury. It's going to make the Rams more inclined to throw than they may have otherwise been. The D could take a, t- take a step back. I mentioned they lost some players. Um, they lost a defensive coordinator too. Uh, that could mean more passing late in games because they're not going to be able to run, run the clock down late in games in the fourth quarter like they otherwise could have last year. I think the market is making the Rams the favorite in the division. If they're a similar team to those successful Sean McVay squads and the market is right, Woods is going to cross as easily. Even if the market isn't right, I think we're going to get over. I think so too. Um, just quick fantasy angle. I think Robert Woods is a major breakout candidate. I can, I think he's going to have a career year. What happened the past three years in LA, Jared Goff's average throw depth kept receding, getting shorter last year. It wasn't even five yards per throw. How are you going to have a huge season? If your quarterback is averaging 4.9 yards per throw, well, now golf's gone. It's Stafford. Sean McVay's absolutely going to lean on Matthew Stafford. RJ said it with Cam Akers out. There's no, there's no stopping them from throwing the ball this year. Career year coming for Robert Woods. So I co-sign both of those overs. But an over I like is with Russell Wilson getting over 4,200 and a half passing yards. And this one is just elementary to me. I, I wish there were odds on it. It's minus 110, but I'll take it anyway. If you average 250 passing yards per game, and you can double check my math if you want with your calculator, it, over 17 games, it's 4,250 yards. So can Russell Wilson average 250 yards per game? He's done it each of the last two years in offenses that were a little stagnant. I know the first half of last year, he was really out of control. And then they reeled him in in the second half. This year, they're going to have him throw a lot. And it's going to be a lot of quick throws. There will be play action involved. Not everything's going to be snap and throw from Russell Wilson. But he's got yards after the catch monsters and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And don't forget about Gerald Everett. He's one too. This is an offense that could put up close to 4,500 passing yards. I think Russell Wilson's number here is totally low. You should take advantage and bet on Wilson to go over 4,200 and a half yards. And I'm going to back that play up with Dave too, you know, going over, but my play here is on Russell Wilson to win the MVP. You know, I know there's talk about the offense being balanced. I think this offseason has been a big plus for Wilson. So a plus 1800, I like Wilson to get the MVP. Uh, Dave mentioned Shane Waldron. He comes in with the up-tempo scheme. It's going to give Russ more freedom at the line too. That's the big thing to me is that they're going to give Russ the freedom to call the plays and make changes at the line. And with a quarterback as smart as Russ, um, I, I just think that that really lifts the, uh, the upside of this offense. It's going to maximize uh, what they can do. Uh, you mentioned the studs at receiver, Gerald Everett. I think narrative is also going to play a role. If Seattle wins a tough division, and we think they will, um, and people are going to start to talk about Wilson never receiving an MVP vote. So if he's got the numbers there, even if they're not the best numbers in the league, if he's got good numbers, they win the division kind of as a surprise. I think that's going to give him an edge and people are going to want to vote for him. So I have him at 20 to 1. Um, I have a ticket in my pocket with Russell Wilson at 20 to 1 with MVP. Shop around, see if you can find that. Even at 18 to 1, I think he, I think this is his year. He's going to win it. Well, last year, if he would have gotten, you know, the, he was on pace. Everybody wanted to win. Nice. You could feel the ground swell. They wanted him to win last year, and then it just didn't pan out. Uh, by the way, Dave, it's not that I don't trust you, uh, <laughs> but uh, I did the math. 42.50 is exactly what it is. So you are right on point. Let me just say this before I wrap this up, because I have watched you guys from afar, but it is very obvious to me in my heart while I'm the host, because there's a reason I don't handicap, because you guys are the absolute best. So thank all four of you for taking the time and putting in the work and putting these picks out for all eight episodes. And now it's time that we go and watch this stuff and work day after day after day to watch them all come true. All right. So for the final time in our NFL futures 
episodes. Oh, I love doing this so much. I got to shake it out a little bit. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these cappers, all of these tickets straight oh, to the NFC West pay window for the maestro, for Alex at Prop Stars, for RJ, for Dave, for our entire crew, the jeweler, everybody at the early edge. We're locked. We're loaded. We are ready and we do it for you. Thanks for being a part of the community. Thanks for joining us at Sportsline and being part of the team. And tell your friends, the show to watch, you know what it is, The Early Edge. Good luck. Thank you.